Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and I am so glad that you joined me today to dive into the Word of God. This is uh, number three in a series of messages that were recorded on a Wednesday night services at Kirkland Life Church, and I hope that this one really speaks to your heart and that God really moves in your life. I pray that this is a blessing to you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, tonight, in this moment, we say you can have these moments. God, tonight we want to tune our hearts in to hear what you're going to say to us. God, you can have these next few moments of our lives. God, speak to us. God, it's not by eloquent words that I say, but it's by your spirit that you can do miracles in our hearts and in our lives. So God, have your way tonight in us. God, we lift up those uh, who are part of our families who are sick tonight. And God, I pray that you would meet with each and every one. God, we pray a special touch of healing on the lives of each person that's sick. God, you know them each by name. You know the makeup of their body. You know what they need. And so God, we ask for healing in Jesus' name. God, we pray for those who are lonely tonight, those who have been alone for a long time. God, I pray that you would come and be that friend that sticks closer than even a brother. God, we pray that you would be that friend that would help be the lifter of our heads. God, I pray that tonight we would know and rely on your love. God, I pray that tonight we would feel and sense and know that you are with us, that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. God, we pray for those who are struggling financially. God, your word says that you own cattle on a thousand hills, meaning that money is, a, is a, a, not, no thing to you. And so God, I pray that you would help provide for each person who's struggling. God, we put our trust in every area of our lives in your hands, because God, you promise to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever hope or ask for. So Lord, we ask you to come and meet with us tonight as we go into your word. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. As long as we have breath in our lungs, we'll cry out to you. And tonight, that's what we're doing, God. We're seeking after your presence. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have an audience with the King of all kings. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, it is good. For some of us to be together, there's a lot of people online, and it's great uh, to have people joining from all over. I am uh, excited to be here and to be able to share the word. And uh, coming out of... Just lost that. There we go. All right. <laughs> um, and so we're going to get right into the word of God together. That's where we're going to go. Tonight, I want to talk about doing small things for God. There has been a million and one sermons about doing big things for God. But tonight I want to talk about doing the little things to God, for God. Because the small things that God asks us to do are not small things. If the God of the universe took time to ask you to do something, to talk to someone, to go somewhere, to do something. It's not a small thing, and he has a purpose for everything. It's so easy for us to skip over the little things because we're looking for a spotlight or looking for the big thing. But God's things that he asks us are not little, even though they may seem little to us. There was a few years ago, um, probably about three years ago now, the Lord led me to read a certain book. 
And I kept putting it off. I don't want to read that book. And I kept putting it on the shelf, and I'd go around to a different book, and um, it kept coming back to me. And so I finally picked up this book, and I read this book. And the book ends with uh, the creation of this organization called the Network of Women Ministers. And as I read the closing chapters and the closing words of the, the book, my heart just exploded, and I just began to pace and to pray and to say, God, if there's any way that you could ever use me in the network of women ministers, I'm available. God, you've shown me this. You've broken my heart for this. Here I am, and I began to pray. I said, God, I'm available. And what do you know? A couple weeks later, I got a phone call asking if I would be a co-director for the network of women ministers. But God had a plan in the little thing. Read that book. I could have said, I'm too busy. I don't want to. It's not a thing. But he wanted to prepare my heart, and so he instructed me on what to do to get to the next place. Uh, a couple years ago, a couple years into being here at Kirkland Life Church, we were doing so much stuff. We were very busy. Um, my schedule was overpacked, too much stuff going on. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to volunteer at CareNet. And I said, no. And I heard the Lord again, I want you to volunteer at CareNet. And I just couldn't understand how God wanted me to add something else to my plate because in my mind, it did not make sense. And it was going, I'm like, this is going to kill me. This is going to be the thing that puts me over the edge. Like, you want me to add something? And every time I prayed, I heard the Lord's voice, I want you to volunteer at CareNet. So finally, I started volunteering at CareNet. And I'm volunteering. Um, I'm going from where I run everything I'm in charge here to be a low man on the totem pole. Hey, could you go scrub the toilets after so-and-so used it? All right. Hey, could you go organize the toys and sanitize them? All right. And it, it brought me to another place of being a volunteer and what it felt like to be under authority, what it felt like to be serving instead of being in charge or leading. It brought so many different things. The things that God worked out in my heart and in my life by working there was incredible. But I had to say yes to God to do it. I also was able to turn off my phone and not answer. I was in a different world. So I was no longer in church world. I was in CareNet world. And everything waited until I got done volunteering at CareNet to respond to. But the Lord also, in me volunteering for CareNet, opened the door for some other incredible things to happen. As I'm working at CareNet, they started looking for a new director of the Utica Center. And I reached out to my friend Shelly. I said, Shelly, look at this job. And I sent it to her. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent it to her again. I sent it to my daughter-in-law, Jackie. I said, Jackie, look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent it to her again. And today, Jackie and Shelly are now uh, working at CareNet because of that. So not only is Jackie working at CareNet, but Jackie moved her family back here. So now we have our oldest adopted son and my grandkids here in Utica. Because I said, yes, I'll volunteer at CareNet. I did, it wasn't the promise from God that said, Jill, if you volunteer at CareNet, you'll get Jackie and TJ down the road. That wasn't the promise. The promise was like, Jill, do this. God wants us to do the little things so that he can perform the things that are coming next. And sometimes it turns into a small, another small thing or sometimes it's a big thing. Many of us will just simply say, I'm not going to listen to the Lord we know what he's told us, and we, like, like Jonah, will say, mm, nope, I don't think so. That doesn't make sense to me. That's what I said about CareNet, nope. And I put it off, and I put it off until I finally listened to the Lord. 
Some of us will say things like, I'm not going to put myself in places to hear from him because every time I put myself in a church service or in a quiet place or in a, in a time of prayer, God keeps saying things I don't want to hear. And so some of us will avoid places of prayer, will avoid places of worship because we're, we don't want to hear it because we don't really want to bend our will to do what God wants us to do. There's a verse in the Bible that says for, for many, he's near to our mouth, but far from our heart. And so we may be talking about him more than we may be obeying him. And God wants to talk, us to talk to him alone in our closet in the secret place. Just you and him. Not you and him and other people. Just you and him. Because he has a plan for your life that no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't figure it out. As much as we might want to, as parents, Sarah might try to make a plan for Isaac's life. She can't make the perfect plan. Only God can make the perfect plan for Isaac's life. Only God can make the perfect plan for my life. So I have to seek him. I have to be alone with him. I want to do the small things that God asked me to do. I want to do the behind-the-scene, unseen thing for God. Because those are the things he sees. Nobody else may see it. And it proves who our audience really is. When we're doing behind-the-scene things that we don't get credit for, it proves that our audience is God and not other people. It proves that we're working for him and not for, for the accolades or praise of other people. So if we find ourselves alone with God, praying and seeking his face and hearing from him and hearing what he wants to say to us, we have all these choices. As soon as the Lord puts something on our heart, and it could be something as simple as there's been times where the Lord said, I want you to go for a walk. <laughs> I don't want to go for a walk. Or it could be as simple as, I want you to go say hi to this person or do these things. But when we get used to obeying God, it becomes what we do. It becomes our lifestyle and who we are. Just like, and this is not a true story of my kids. This is not my kids. Ben, Luke, this is not you. Imagine if it snowed, it's not true, <laughs> and you needed the, uh, the driveway shoveled. And you went to your one child and you said, hey, will you shovel the deck? I've got to leave in a few minutes. And they start complaining, well, do I have to? Well, what time do you need it done by? And well, aren't, aren't other people going to help me? And why do I have to do it? And uh, 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 okay, I guess I'll do it. And then you go and you turn to the other son and you say, hey, will you shovel the driveway? And they're like, yeah, sure. Where are my gloves? And they're off and running and shoveling the driveway. The next time I have something bigger to do, who do I want to ask to do it? The one that's complaining or the one that's willing? If I have money I want to be brought to the bank, do I give it to the, the, the child that says, oh, when do I have to do it by? Do I absolutely have to do it? Or do I give it to the one that's willing and will say yes immediately? It's the one that's willing. And God has things for us to do, but there are so few of us that are willing. There are so many of us that say, well, God, I know you told me to do this, but I'm going to do it later. I know you told me to do this, but I'm going to say no for now. I'll get around to it on my timetable. What does saying no to the Lord cost you? What does saying no to God cost you? You'll never know. <laughs> because it's such a string of events. And so 
we can't wait just to say yes to the things that are flashy and big and can be seen by others. We have to say yes to the simple, behind-the-scene things. We have to say yes immediately. We have to be like that, that child who's going to say, I'll shovel. I don't care if anybody else does. I don't care if I'm doing something else. I'm going. I'm doing whatever you say. <clears throat> because someone was telling me recently that they had been praying and they were, they had their eyes closed and they were picturing God and they saw God in their life as a chess player and God was moving these chess pieces on a big board. And, um, it just showed this person that in their life that they only see this move, but God sees three moves ahead and he's got a plan. And if we would just keep listening as he moves us here, it may be here for a season to move us here. But if we refuse to go to the first place, we'll never get to the second place. And so being obedient to God in the small things is so important. We have to look plainly at our hearts and say, are we listening to the Lord or are we not listening to the Lord? Do we want to please ourselves or do we want to please the Lord? We're going to take a look at Jeremiah chapter 12. In this uh, verse, I'm going to read the, the key verse here. Ben, if you have Jeremiah 12, um, and then we're going to go back and put it into context. What it says is Jeremiah 12, 11. Do we have it? Jeremiah 12, 5. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? If we can't do the simple things, how are we going to do the big things for God? If we won't shake the hand, well, not now, but non-COVID time, if we won't shake the hand of a visitor at church, how are we going to go and do other things? If we can't simply listen when God says to text a uh, text of encouragement to someone, how is he going to ask us to do the next thing? If we have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out. How can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? And this putting in context is Jeremiah calling out to the Lord. If you do have your Bible, if you'll turn to chapter 12 in Jeremiah, we're going to go through this a little bit, but Jeremiah is complaining to the Lord and he sends out this complaint to the Lord. He's mad because the wicked people are prospering and he sends this huge complaint to God. And this is what it says. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless, the people who don't follow you, why do they live at ease? And we could stop right there and, and usher that same complaint to the Lord at times in our lives. God, I am following you. God, I am doing everything you've asked me to do. Why is it these godless people are living lives of ease? Verse two, you planted them and they have taken root. They grow and bear fruit. You're always on their lips, but you're far from their heart. Yet you know me, Lord. You see me. You test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. How long, how long, how long will the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered? Because those who live in it are wicked. The animals and the birds have perished. Moreover, the people are saying, he will not see what happens to us. And God answers him. And he says, if you can't handle this, you're not going to be able to handle the next chapter of your life, Jeremiah. And God would say to us tonight, if you aren't being obedient in 
this small thing, seemingly small, because everything God asks us to do is a matter of the heart, and that's big. If you can't obey me with your heart in this, how are you going to be, handle what's coming next? Can God have your heart? I want to do the simple things for God. I have a great pastor friend named Kathleen, and I'll post her, her blog in the comment section on, on Facebook somewhere. But she has a blog called The Yes Adventure, and it's all about how she keeps saying yes to God and where it takes her. And it's taken her uh, simple places, and it's taken her across the globe just to say yes to God. Every time God asks her to do something, she already positions in her mind, no matter what he asks me, I will say yes. And uh, her blog is fantastic. We're going to turn over to Psalm chapter 73. And in Psalm 73, verse 17, it says, Then I went into your sanctuary, O God. We're in 73, verse 17. This again is David. Well, it's a psalm of Asaph, but it's a psalm crying out against why are the wicked prospering and the turmoil in the heart of the psalmist. And then it gets to this place. It says, when I tried to understand, verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Why do the wicked prosper? Till I entered the sanctuary of God, I didn't understand it. Then I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. And I would encourage you to read Psalm chapter 73. Then I went into your sanctuary, O oh God. I have made the Lord my shelter, not any other vice or crutch. And so as the Lord asks us to do, do something, we don't look at those around us. We don't look at the wicked around us and say, God, I'm not going to obey you because, you know, you're helping them out. Why should I listen to you? There's a quote uh, that says, if you complain about the simple things that God has already asked you to do, then you lack the spiritual strength to do what he wants you to do next. And the things that God asks you to do, others aren't supposed to, be, to understand it's not for anybody else. If God gives you a direction or some small thing to do, it's for you to do. And then, just like uh, the writers in the Bible, we want to set our face like flint before the Lord. Be unshakably strong and say, God, whatever it is you've asked me to do, I'm going to do it. And flint is this hard rock that, that is the hardest rock uh, that we can find. So when they say set your face like flint, it's a determination to be unwavering, to do whatever it is God says. So we have choices when God speaks to us. We can say yes, we can say no, or we can say later. Saying no to God doesn't usually work out well because he's going to keep asking us. He's going to keep bringing it to our attention when we look at the book of Ruth, we have a, a couple, Naomi and Elamech, and they are with the Jewish people, the people of God, the chosen people of God, and a famine comes in the land. And they decide, instead of staying with the people of God, to go to their own, a different country and find food from, for themselves. They were supposed to stay. They decided to leave because they thought in their own human understanding, if I don't leave, we're going to starve. And so I need to provide for my family. I know that God has told me to stay, 
but we're going to leave so we don't die. And then if you know the story in Ruth, what happens to him and to his two sons? They die in a foreign land. They didn't want to leave because they were afraid of dying. And then what happens? They died. If I stay here, I die. And so they left. And he died because he wasn't obeying God. The Lord, and and the story is fascinating of how the Lord uh, uses that uh, situation in, in Ruth and Naomi's life. And God can redeem absolutely everything. But what they said is, I know what God is saying to me, but... I know better than the king of the universe. I know what God has asked me to do, and it's simply too hard and will suffer, so I won't do it. I have to look out for my family. I have to look out for my kids. I can't listen to God. When God's plan is ultimately better every single time. And so we, when we choose no, we're, we're putting ourselves in the wrong place. We're not saving ourselves. When we say God will do that later, that's not obedient. We look at uh, the story of Jonah, again, a prophet for the Lord, and he had listened to God time and time and time again. And most of you sitting in this room have been Christians for many years, and you've listened to God before. I'm sure you could tell me stories right now of, I listened to God at this point, and this happened. I'm sure that we could just go story, story, story of listening to God. That's what Jonah did. Listen, 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 until he got to a point where he didn't want to listen. There was this one thing, and he's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go talk to the Ninevites. I went to these people and those people, but I'm not going to the Ninevites. Ninevites. And in Jonah chapter 4, he says this, I don't want to do this, God. See, I knew you were going to forgive these people, and I didn't want to see that happen. His own pride, even after being an amazing prophet, spokesperson, vocalist for the Lord, he comes to a place in his life, he said, God, I I don't want to obey you in this. We can fall into that same place even after having obeyed the Lord time and time again. We come to a point where we say, I don't want to do this one thing. Ask me to do anything else, Lord, but I'm not doing this. How many of us have sat in that seat of Jonah and said, God, I've already obeyed you all these times. Don't make me do it again, not to these people. I'll talk to anybody else. I'll text anybody else, but don't make me text her. (laughs) I will go visit anybody else, but don't make me go to her house. I will go to anywhere on the earth, but don't make me go here. And I hope that that's a wake-up call to our hearts because if God asks us to do it, it's for a purpose, even if it seems little, even if it's a text message to someone, even if it's something we don't understand or others don't understand, we have to set our faces like flint before the Lord and say, I am on a yes adventure. Whatever you have for me, God, I will do. Because I don't know what part of this chessboard I'm in. I don't know what my obedience will bring. And what did Jonah's obedience bring but the salvation of a whole city of people who turned and repented and turned their hearts back to God. But he wasn't happy with it. We too can sit in that seat when we're saying, God, I don't, I don't want to do this. So we can say no to God and it doesn't work out. We can say, God, I'll do it later. And that's still disobedience. And it still doesn't work out for us. But what works is when we say yes to God. If you'll turn with me to Joshua 23.10. It says this. This is where God is speaking to the Israelites. And he says, if you fail to follow me, all these bad things will happen. But if you follow me with all of your heart, if you're careful to love the Lord your God, then uh, Joshua 23.10 says, one of you 
will rout a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. Because when you say yes to God, what one of us can do as an ambassador for Christ, what one of us can do with our hearts on fire, with us surrendered, I don't care if you're 11 or 80, what you can do for God if you have surrendered to him completely could put a thousand enemies to flight, could change our city, could change our church, can definitely change your family. One person completely surrendered to God, saying yes, God, can change so much. Saying no to God doesn't work out well. Just like in the book of, of Ruth where they said, we better lean on our own understanding because if we don't, we'll die. They died anyway. Jonah who said, I'll do this later, still didn't work out. Only when we say yes to God does it work out. And John, if you want to make your way back, we need to do the right thing. Be very careful to love the Lord your God, to do what he says no matter what. What is the last thing that God asked you to do? Are you saying no? Are you saying later, later? In a couple years when my finances are better, I'll do that. In a couple years when Corona's over, that's when I'll really get to it, God. I know you asked me, but, but now's not the time. Are you saying later on, God, I'll do it? Or are you simply saying yes, yes to every little thing you say, God? I want to do the small things for God. Maybe some of you tonight don't remember the last thing God said. You can't recall, God, what, what are you asking me to do? I, I can't hear your voice. Or maybe you, you feel like he's never spoken to you. Tonight, we're going to take a moment and sing a song together and reflect and ask God, God, what is it you're saying for me to do? Because church, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the spokespeople for Jesus to this world. We are the ones that are sent out into the darkness. We are the ones placed in the houses that we are. Our neighbors aren't on accident. Our nuclear family that lives in our house is not on accident. Our extended family is not on accident. The people we go to school with is not on accident. And God is calling you to do great small things for him. And those small things will lead us to the, the, the seemingly bigger things. But then when we get to the seemingly little bigger things, they won't matter because our heart will be humbled and surrendered to God. So as we take a few minutes here, I want to remind you of this verse in Jeremiah. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near Jordan? We don't want to crave the spotlight. We don't want to crave the big things. We want to crave having a humbled heart before God. We want to crave being surrendered to say yes, no matter what it is. Whether I like it or not, God, I am yours. I am your, your handmaiden. God, if you, whatever you tell me to do, wherever you tell me to go, whatever you ask me to say, to whoever you ask me to say it. I will go. And that will set the Mohawk Valley on fire for Jesus like never before. So let's search our hearts. Let's search and, and, and find out, can God really have your heart? What is the last thing God said to you? Have you said yes? Have you said no? And have you said, I'll do that later? 
Let's pray. God, your word says that we want you to search our heart and know if there's any evil way in us. Know if there's anything in us that doesn't please you. God, I pray that in the next few moments, God, as we concentrate on you, as we pray, as we prostrate ourselves before you, God, I ask that you would speak to each and every heart. Reveal your word and your path to us. You say to to trust in you with all of our heart, to lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our path. And so God, tonight we're asking for you to direct our path. I ask God that you would remind people of things you've asked them to do years ago. God, I pray that you would remind people of things you asked them to do yesterday. God, I pray that you would remind people of the little things that they haven't done for you yet. And I pray, God, that we would be quick to obey your word. God, speak into the hearts of every person watching at home. God, speak to the the hearts of every young person, every old person. Speak to our hearts now, God. Thank you, Jesus.